BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. Welcome. I'm your host. And this is Uncomfortable. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Eric Salaji. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at uncomfortablepodcast65. Most importantly, please share the show with others and make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. Those are the main ways you can help in getting the show out in front of more people, and with that, more people listening means more great guests coming forward with their experiences for you. If you haven't yet, make sure you hit up the Discord server. You can find the link to the server in the show notes. I've got some exciting announcements 
coming up here shortly. So keep your ears tuned in the coming weeks. We've got a great show for you tonight. So let's get into it. So if you will, please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to tonight's guests, Oren Felix and Jenny Sutherland from the Framework UFO Research Center. Oren is the founder and the director of the center. We've got both of them here tonight, and I'm excited. we got some good stuff to talk about tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us. Uh, we're stoked to be here uh, and thankful for the opportunity. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. Actually, you guys are the first to uh, to witness the uh, the new studio. And, it looks great. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is my first attempt at doing a a video as well. So if you're listening to this on audio, by the time this airs, there may be a video out. If not, I that means that I screwed it up in editing and uh, it, it got trashed. So <laughs> also. Um, this is our first time using Riverside FM, so uh, so far so good. The video is great, and uh, I'm thrilled to get into it. So, tell me about your the framework. Tell me about the UFO Research Center. What uh, what are you doing with it? What's the what's the purpose for it? Okay, so a little bit of background. Um, you know, I've always been interested in cryptids and aliens and weird stuff, and I'd say probably two, three years ago at this point, I had what I would call a recovered memory about a Men in Black experience I had as a kid. And that kind of really set me down a path of seriously researching and reading and looking into, you know, all things high strangeness and sure. uh, UFOs and whatnot. And uh, the whole UFO phenomenon was kind of my gateway into all of this. And as it didn't take, me, yeah, it didn't take me uh, very long of digging below the surface to kind of realize there's a whole lot of stranger things going on and a whole lot of connections between these different paranormal and high strangeness type phenomena. And so just in my research and my reading, at some point I just started a Word document for notes just kind of to keep my thoughts straight and for my own benefit and, you know, at some point I was looking at this Word document and I've got 10,000 words worth of notes. It's like, I need to do something with this. Sure. So at that point, I kind of started, you know, roughly working on the outline for a book. Just like I said, kind of talking about these connections between aliens and cryptids and paranormal ghosts, that type of thing. And then so in the uh, meantime, me and my partner, Jenny, uh, we just kind of wanted to start going to conventions and meeting people and networking and telling our stories and talking to other people. And, um, you know, we've had a blast doing that. We've probably been uh, kind of seriously doing that for about a year now. And we met the uh, cryptids of the corn guys good at guys, one of these conventions. Guys. And uh, they good guys and gal. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're great. But uh, they kind of put us into contact with you. And uh, that's where we're at now. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Great, great guys. If you haven't listened to the cryptids of the corn, head over there and listen to their stuff. Um, completely different take on on these kind of topics uh, it's more educational it's more uh, at times scientific more at times 
biology based. Um, Justin is a he's a he's a bright guy. We've got friends that call him the smartest man in the room. Um, I take offense to that. Uh, <laughs> no, he's a he's a great guy. Uh, Jay and and Emily, uh, terrific people. Really, uh, they were out at Bigfoot and Brews uh, when I hosted that this uh, this past summer. Had a lot of fun with them. Uh, spent the weekend with them at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference earlier in the oh, year. Nice. And uh, we, we drank a lot of moonshine, and we talked about a lot of stories nice. and had a lot of fun. They're great people. So, Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, they've put us in contact with a lot of cool people, yourself included. So uh, we're really thankful to have met them. So. Yeah, good guys, good guys. And that's actually where I saw you guys for the first time was in a picture with them. So uh, I think that was at the was that at the Virginia. Yes, yes, sir. Southwest Virginia Bigfoot and Friends. Yep. Yeah, that was the first that I had seen of you guys, and uh, what just a, a week or two ago they aired an episode with you. Yes. Yeah, uh, we did a couple with them. Um, I think my episode aired about a month ago, maybe, and then Jenny's aired a couple weeks ago, um, right before the holiday. I yeah. think. Right. Yeah. yeah so. Well, Jenny, what's your uh, what's your part in all this? Well, so basically, um, you know, I've got all this this high strangeness I can talk about, and I will talk about um, that was happening. But when it first started happening, I didn't realize what was going on, and I was like, "Are you seeing these things?" And um, he said, "He said I believe you," and. I'd always been so frightened to tell these stories because people will think you're crazy. And he he absolutely believed me. So, you know, it all kind of just came together because at some point in that, he had been reading a lot of books and talking and studying. And I I was like, well, I want want to learn this stuff too. (laughs) And so, yeah, basically my part in the framework is that um, I'm the research assistant. Um, <laughs> and, you know, with a lot of her experiences that she had as far as, like, shadow people and poltergeists and whatnot, you know, when she first told me about all this, we took it at very face value. And then as I got deeper into my reading and my research, I was like, oh, well, this might actually be this, and this might actually be what's going on. And it's kind of just all snowballed from there. So is the the framework um is that is that just is that more than just ufo research well i started out you know very flesh and blood nuts and bolts extraterrestrials coming down in their crafts this is misunderstood technology there's a quote-unquote rational explanation for all of this and uh you know the deeper i got into it I felt I feel like it doesn't take very long for you to start seeing there's a lot more weird stuff going on than just nuts and bolts, flesh and blood. And I absolutely still think there's that aspect to all this. But, uh, you know, at this point, I think cryptids and aliens and all manner of high strangeness are all connected in some way. You know, I don't claim to have any definitive answers to any of that and how it's connected, but. Like I said, the, the deeper I got digging into all this, I think there's a lot more going on than might initially appear on the surface. So um, I just, I, you know, the framework UFO Research Center is what I kind of 
called all this when I started it. Mm-hmm. And I think the name still fits because everything kind of is connected. And, um, you know, that's kind of what I want to do with all this is get people thinking about things in a different way and asking questions and looking at things in a way that we haven't just been programmed our entire lives to look at things. With and I want people to mind. Yeah, exactly. And I want people to build their own framework. Mm-hmm. And that's why I named it that. So. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what this show is about. I've said it countless times and I'll say it countless more times. It is about opening people's minds and letting you use your critical thought to see what fits, see what works for you, exactly. what, what, yep. what fits in your paradigm. So, exactly. All right. Well, where can people find you? Uh, so we are on Instagram and that's uh, at the framework UFO. And we're also on Gmail and that's uh, the framework UFO at Gmail. And uh, please reach out. You know, we love talking to people and meeting people and sharing stories and whatnot. So uh, if anybody's got anything they want to share with us, we're more than happy to hear it. And, uh, you know, give us a follow. We'll follow you back and just trying to meet people and uh, bring the community together, if you will. So, <laughs> so are you guys are you guys using this as a opportunity to collect uh, encounters, sightings, uh, stuff of that nature? You know, it didn't start out that way, uh, but. I'm sure, as you know, it doesn't take long for you, you know, to kind of become the weird guy at work or whatever. And if somebody has something going on, you know, they tell you about you it. So, um, no, I said I'm weird. <laughs> I'm the weird guy at work. But um, yeah, so it didn't really start out with that intention. But it's people have shared stories with me, like once they figured out I was into this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I just always like to throw that out there. Uh, it, hey, we're always. Always up for a good story. So. Well, I, I like the people that you go up to and you're like, hey, uh, you, you know anything about Bigfoot? You believe in Bigfoot? And they're like, <laughs> no. You? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, well, and then someone well, overhears you well, and walks somebody, some, A buddy of mine told me one time he was out in the woods and, you know, it, yeah. it's like <laughs> they test the waters and then they find out, oh, yeah, okay, he's weird, so. It's okay. Yeah, to talk. exactly. If they don't believe in B- Bigfoot, their brother-in-law has seen one or something like that. Yeah, That's exactly. always the case. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, ladies first. Let's uh, let's hear from Jenny. What have you got? Uh, I know you got some shadow people stuff, and I had an experience with one. Um, very brief. It was when I was very young. Um, don't know how old, but I know I was still sleeping with the hallway light on. So probably in the neighborhood of five or six or maybe seven um standing at the at the doorway to my bedroom just just standing there like leaning up against the uh, the frame of the doorway and the the thing that i recognized about it was so there's a light in the hallway that light would have been behind this figure standing there um if it was my mom or dad I would have seen at least some shading of clothing, you know, colors, something. Um, this was just I'm not going to say it was like blacker than black, like some people describe mm-hmm. it. This was kind of like a smoky charcoal gray, and it was a silhouette. It was a full silhouette from what I can, you know, I mean, I guess when I, I close my eyes and I try to remember it, it was the head, shoulders, torso. I'm um, not sure if I remember seeing feet or legs or anything like that, 
Um, but the thing that struck me was, you know, my mom was kind of a chubby, uh, short lady with uh, curly hair. And my dad was a, uh, a pretty stocky gentleman that had a, a flat top haircut every day of his life. And this silhouette was not representative of either one of them. And I was an only child. There were only the three of us that lived in this house at the time. And I don't know who the hell it was. I mean, it, it was it was not somebody that lived there. And it scared the hell out of me. Um, but then, you know, I closed my eyes and, you know, I, I kept them closed for a while. I don't know how long, but, you know, when I kind of peaked, it was gone. Um, now, I had a, a reading by uh, Karen Tatro after we did an episode uh, quite a while back. And she she brought it up. This is something that I had never talked about. I never told my parents that I saw it. Um, I used to like to watch Saturday night uh, creature features and Saturday after nine, afternoon scary movies on, uh, on the Chicago station that we would get. I was always filling my head with UFO stuff and Bigfoot stuff. And, you know, if I was afraid if I told them that I saw that, that they would have been like, okay, that's enough. You're not, you're not watching that stuff anymore. You know, you're having nightmares. Um, but I, it wasn't a nightmare. I, I, till this day, I can still close my eyes and, and see it. Um, and she brought it up during a reading. She's like, you had a, you had a shadow person. And I was like, yeah, I did. And, uh, she said the weird thing about it was that she could not she could not gather where it was from she couldn't wow. really read anything of it she said it was there it did not seem malevolent it just was there in times when i was in question like when i had when there was some kind of turmoil or i had uh, decisions to make and i can't even imagine what that would be at six or seven years old but <laughs> Um, she's like, yeah, I, I, she's like, I don't ever run into this. She's like, I don't know where it's from. So I thought that was weird that she, she put that part into it, but that's enough about mine. Go on. Let's, let's hear about your stuff. I, I'm fascinated by him because the, it was terrifying to see it. Yeah. And, um, and I'm sure when you were, when you were that little and saw it, like you were just scared and you know, now that you have a little bit of information, like, oh, okay, that's, that's what that was. But, um, so, all right, well, we'll start, we'll start from the beginning, and um, I'll try not to drag it out too long, but basically, I think this sort of stuff has been around me off and on my entire life. Um, the first time I remember anything, um, I was probably, I don't know, around six five or six, we moved into this, this new house and my father worked third shift. So he was gone at night all the time. And this house was, it was dark. Like it was, it, there was not a, a nice air to the house. Like I'm still scared of it. But, um, we had at the time, this is, this is from, from a child's perspective. And I had a, a little, a little brother at the time as well. We had a ghost. This is what we called it. I now think it might have been something different, but we had a ghost. It looked human, and my brother named it David. So we all saw it, 
and it was it was very um, benevolent. It, it never hurt anybody. It just kind of it just kind of hung out. But for for a two or two year old to name something was you know was quite quite strange. So anyway, so David lived with us for some time, um, and then just at some point he just disappeared. So you know there was there was that. Um, also, somewhere around this time, my mom, my mom, not my mom, my mom's sister, my aunt bought a plantation that had burned to the ground. This is in Georgia. I don't know if you can tell by the accent. This is in Georgia. So um, I know that place was haunted. That's the first place I ever saw a shadow person. There was one room. It was upstairs. It was like a dining room. And there was like a huge pantry situation there. And you would see things there. But these these were the type of shadow people that you caught in the in the corner of your eye. Um, you never saw it full on. So that place was always scary. Um, at some point I was I was telling Oren this story, um, because it was a massive plantation. My aunt used to throw my little brother in the front of this this truck, this this stick shift truck from I don't know. Oh, I was like, she threw him in front of the truck. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, in the front seat of the truck. In the front seat of the okay. truck. Okay, all right, that's better. And, and I was in. Yeah, that that yeah, story was a <laughs> really dark turn there. But I was in the truck bed. And she would get out and, you know, clean some stuff up and put it in the truck bed and drive a little bit and then do it again. Well, she was out raking and the truck just started moving. And, you know, everyone my entire life has been, well, your brother just, you know, kicked it into gear. You don't kick a truck like that into gear at two years old. You know, you, you just can't. So... You know, that was, that was the weird stuff that happened there. So, um, also in, in these, in the middle of these times, so, so David had departed, but my mom said that there was a centaur who began to visit her. A centaur? A centaur. And I know nothing about, like, mythological creatures visiting women. Um, I do think it's odd that, you know, my dad was never there because he worked third shift. So I don't know if that goes into a little bit about women being alone. And she was alone with, you know, two small children. And um, and then then a third child came along. So it's always kind of been the joke. Your 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 daddy is a centaur. (laughs) And and just thinking about little kids. What gave it away? The tail. (laughs) Yeah, around the dinner table. I'm like, did did nobody look at this and go, wow, this is really really strange. So that's pretty much the background story. Um, on the childhood. So also, this is the point where I'm going to insert this mirror that it was a very old mirror. Um, it was one of those that it, it was poured. It wasn't, it, it, it was old, old. And it was my mother's mirror. And then before that, it may have been my grandmother's mirror, 
But this mirror had been with me my entire life, maybe with my mom, her entire life. So I've had this mirror. We're going to fast forward a little bit. My, we moved into a new house. My dad quit working third shift. All is fine in the world. We are good. Um, I get a little bit older, get married. Nothing happens. We are all good. This mirror is still with me, but no, nothing weird. Okay, so fast forward. Can I to, interrupt you for just a second? Sure, sure, sure. You said the mirror was poured. Yeah. I, I, I'm an idiot when it comes to mirrors, apparently. What what does that mean? You, you know how, like, very old mirrors, they... This is actually something that uh, Justin uh, from Cryptids of the Corn and I were talking about, how, like, these old mirrors, you can tell that they they were manufactured before a certain year because you can walk, you can look at them and they're, they're just not right. And I know I'm not using the right words for this. Are you talking about the kind that when you look at it, they look a little tarnished and like, it's not super reflective in some areas and stuff. Yes. 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 A hundred percent. And I apologize. I don't know quite the words to describe this. I was kind of looking up these mirrors just for fun. And I think they're like a, a Chippendale sort they're very expensive mm. now, but anyway, anyway, Sorry. no, 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 please, please ask anything you want to. So let's fast forward. I've gotten divorced. I have moved into, um, a little beach duplex, um, which is, I don't think I should talk about that yet. Anyway, so I've got the mirror for the first time as an adult, single, alone person. I'm, I'm, I'm living alone. I'm right across the street from the ocean. Um, so stuff starts acting up. I still haven't fig- figured out that it's the mirror. So, um, so I had, at this point, I've, I called it the ghost of Kurt Cobain because... <laughs> Because he had blonde hair and wore a flannel shirt. So this this guy lived with me for a couple of years there. And he just lurked in in the doorways. He didn't do anything also malevolent. Um, So at some point, I was telling this to Justin. And when I say Justin, I'm referring to the cryptids of the corn. He said, have you heard of the flannel man? And I was like, no. I haven't, but we discussed that a little bit and pretty much decided that that was probably a flannel man. And after hearing that, I almost think that David from when I was a little girl was also a flannel man. So I don't know. Interesting stuff. And and what did you guys find out when you started talking about, you know, what the flannel man is? Well, basically, as much as I can figure out, it, it's just something that kind of is comes during transition and, and liminal states, and it's not it's not there to hurt you. Um, but no, can do you have anything to add to that? I, I don't. I've heard of it. I've heard mm-hmm. it mentioned in uh, in passing in other in other contexts. Um, so I, I recognize hearing it as it's, as a thing, 
Uh, but I've never had any kind of explanation for it or, or you know, where it's supposed to originate or why they're, they're around. Uh, just in the little bit of research I've done about it, it seems like it's a relatively new phenomenon. And, uh, you know, these type of entities, it seems like, are just being reported in the past, you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, so I've had trouble finding, like you said, some real rock-solid information about like, it seems like people have varying theories about these things so i've had a lot of trouble nailing down anything definitive in my research well you know it's interesting to me because you know um they've got to start at some point right whatever yeah. whatever kind of entity uh is in our in our, in our mythology right now uh you know things that people have claimed to have seen for hundreds of years if not thousands of years um they they started somewhere, right? So what's to say yeah. that something new can't have a beginning that is closer to, you know, when a lot of times when people talk about these things and they say, well, it's part of, it's just part of urban legend. And, you know, we didn't start hearing about these things until, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. And then all of a sudden they're here. Well, everything's got to start somewhere, doesn't it? You know, yes. not not everything could could be from the beginning of time or the beginning of, you know, the first, the first ghost or, you know. And I also kind of wonder if we're basically dealing with the same types of entities throughout history. It's just how they choose to present themselves to us or, you know, light spectrum type stuff, how we can see them. So, I mean, I think it's quite possible that these things aren't anything you know, that we haven't encountered in human history before. It's just how they're choosing to show themselves to us. Right. Interesting. All right. So fast forward yet again. So I, the, you know, in this, this, um, this place I live there, you know, it, it was, it was, it was scary and it was, um, that was unfortunate because it had been, a home I'd a, a second home I'd had before, and I think it was it was it JJ Rose who was talking about how places change sometimes. Like something could have been one way at some point, and then becomes a different place later on. I, I feel like I heard her say something about that when I think I did. Very but. possible. Very possible. Okay, so anyway, so this place was, you know, it just kind of was what it was. It was scary. So um, let's let's fast forward a few years. Um, this is when um, this is when I moved to Raleigh, and this is in um, 2016, and um, my father was dying of cancer, um, and I moved into this little apartment complex. And I never knew any history about the complex. There was a man-made lake in the, literally in the backyard of it that um, I, I jogged around several days a week or walked around. I spent a lot of time around this lake. So weird stuff, really, 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 really strange stuff started happening here. At first, it started with... Okay, well, let me start with what Jenny did that was really dumb. So I took the mirror, and there was a fuse box that I thought was ugly. 
So I put the mirror, hung it right in front of the fuse box. So I've been told that I fed the mirror. At this point, I've made no connection with the mirror and the weird things that were happening. Right. Yes. So, um, so things start happening out of this mirror. Like, and we're not talking about like out of the corner of your eye shadow people. We're talking about full on black, d- dense, just sitting, sitting up in the corner near the ceiling of the apartment, which I could see from my from my bedroom. So um, that was happening. And at some point, and I'm not sure when I did it, I did a little research on this apartment complex because I wasn't, I don't, I don't even know why I did it, but it was called Lake Lynn Apartments. And for anyone listening, you can Google this. Um, in 2002, there was a woman named Stephanie Bennett who was brutally, brutally raped and murdered in this complex. And it wasn't a lot complex so you know proximity to where this happened where i lived it it wasn't very far and someone has pointed out to me apartments are basically one building anyway so so i found out that that had happened still not really thinking a lot about it but at this point orin and i had started talking about this because i said i'm seeing these things do you believe me and he said i do believe you and he actually actually did see it at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so one night um, we were just laying in bed, and for some reason I just sat, you know, straight up in bed, uh, just wide awake, and, just, uh, you know, straight ahead in this corner of the kitchen was the traditional shadow person description, you know, a, a huge black humanoid shape and I was just I was terrified there was no reason to be as scared as I was nothing happened um just this thing was there and that's the scaredest I've probably ever been in my entire life and you know uh Jenny had seen them quite a bit at this point she kind of you know talked me down and got me to you know get back in bed and try to go back to sleep and at some point in the middle of the night I don't know how long it was after the initial sighting her phone screen just lights up randomly for no reason. There's no text, no call, no notification. The phone screen just lights up. and Like it had been touched. Yeah, like something either had interfered with, you know, the electromagnetic field. It's, I don't know. But uh, after that, uh, I was definitely a believer if I wasn't before. So, wow. so and then... Then after, like, after that, there, there was, all of this stuff started amping up. It started g- getting bigger and bigger, like. Let me ask you, were, the, were there any interactions with these things? I mean, were they behaving in a, in a fashion that was, you know, threatening, or were they doing, were they, um, were they, was it obvious to you that they were aware you were there? Um, I think think so because I definitely think it fed off my fear because it came back but I've never thought about that maybe it was just there um, because there was no interaction at this point with anything okay 
That so doesn't sound yeah. good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so also during this time, as things started amping up, there started uh, to be some, I would consider like poltergeist um, activity. I would wake up and I would hear beeping and it was loud and like, like Morse code, like beep, 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 beep. And mm. I would just, I was terrified. So I just listened to it. Now in retrospect, I wish that I had done something with that information because I don't know what that was. And that happened, and um, stuff started getting moved around, like my dishes would be moved around. Um, yeah, I would call him in the middle of the night and say, did you move this stuff around? Because now this is not the way it should be. And yeah. he was like, no. Yeah, like trickster type stuff, like uh, her hairbrush would end up in the kitchen cabinets or something like that. So just very typical poltergeist trickster type activity started happening too. Is the mirror still hanging over the electrical box? <laughs> At this point. Okay. <laughs> At this point it is. So we're going to fast forward a little bit and then um, t- something started come coming to visit in the bed. And um, I, I sleep on my stomach so my story is not like of something that got on my chest and crushed me or sat on me or anything it pressed on my back it was very like it was very heavy it breathed on me I could feel it it talked to me even though it wasn't speaking out loud it would it would have a full-on conversations not quite the right word I knew what its intent was I think it was an incubus um because it did what an incubus does oh my word yeah. Really? Yes. And I I um, tried to bargain with this thing. And now in retrospect, I know I was literally feeding it what it wanted, which was fear, because I would bargain. I was like, if you will please quit scaring me, you can do anything you want. And it didn't help. The bargaining didn't help. It was going to um, do it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, and I don't mean to laugh at it because it's not funny, but um, I was I was brought up incredibly <laughs> overly religious, so I started you know quoting Bible verses and you know trying to rebuke it in the name of Jesus, and it didn't care. It did not care. So that went on until okay, all uh, right. Pause. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Obviously a very delicate situation. Um, what does that do to your mental state? Um, I mean, I, didn't... I, I would have to assume that you would be at your wits end and questioning sanity uh, at every turn. Absolutely. Um, I didn't know anything. I didn't know the proper words for this at the time. I, I knew it was um, malevolent. I knew it was bad. I didn't sleep well for a very long time. Um, it got to the point where I would wake up and have to cut on the television and the lights 
and I would just lie there awake until the sun started to come up. And then, you know, fortunately at the time I was doing um, gig, uh, gig, Driving, DoorDash, driving, DoorDash yeah, Grubhub, all that stuff. So I had the, you know, I was able to sleep some in the morning before I had to go deliver food at lunchtime. But no, I didn't sleep at night for a very long time. So yeah, it was you, bad. You said it spoke to you, uh, not not out loud. I assume it was, um, you were you were hearing it in your mind, and yes. <clears throat> due to the the nature of what it was doing. Um, I, I'm not asking for you to relay what what it said it was going to do, but did it ever give you a... Did it ever give you an end game as to why it was doing... I mean, was there, was there something that was going to come out of this that was uh, to its benefit other than just the act of copulating with somebody who still had a body? <laughs> I don't think that it ever had an end game, and I thought it might be slightly caused by what we were trying to do, you know, because we were starting to, just starting to get into, you know, I was starting to get into some paranormal stuff, obviously, because of what was happening, and we were trying to do some you know, paranormal stuff together, but no, there was no end game. Um, it made its intentions very clear and it let me know that there was nothing I could do to stop it. So. That, that's gotta be a extremely, I mean, for both of you, um, I mean, one or in your, uh, I assume completely helpless, uh, you're, your your love interest is uh, having to engage in in something that is against her will. Um, yeah, and you know, I only saw the entities at one time, but you know, as this progressed, you know, I get calls at you know three in the morning. It's happening again, and um, so finally, it kind of just worked out that uh, Jenny's lease was ending, and it seemed like once these. I don't know if the entities knew, but there toward the past, what, like month that you lived in that apartment, it was just full on at that point. Yes, yes. And I didn't know about the summer solstice at this time. This is before I started um, getting into more of the esoteric side of things. But the summer solstice, this thing attacked me so brutally and so it was... Violence, not the right word, terrifying, like scaring me to the point where I just didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't know how to get out of it and I didn't know what to do to stay in it. Were, so, you, were you experiencing like um, manifestations on your skin? Were you, were you bruised? Were, were you, was there anything visual happening to your, your body from these attacks? I don't think so. I never looked. I bruise easily anyway, but I'm going to be very honest and say, like, I never saw bite marks or anything like that. So, yeah, I want to keep the story true and honest. So, One of, uh, I suppose it was in the early mid-80s, uh, there was a movie called The Entity. 
I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, if you haven't, I wouldn't recommend watching it because it might bring back some some bad memories. Um, but it was the same situation. And it was a woman who was being attacked and brutalized uh, sexually uh, repeatedly. And it it's based on a true story. I don't know how truthful the film was to the occurrence. Um, but in the movie itself, uh, they actually uh, had reproduced her home in a, uh, in a uh, controlled environment and, and were able to um, basically videotape the occurrences. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure that part of it was, was probably for Hollywood, but at that time... For the age that I was in my mid-late teens, that was a pretty terrifying movie, and I, I couldn't imagine uh, somebody actually going through that. Did you, uh, forgive me for asking, but, did, I mean, did you ever have to seek any kind of counseling or anything to get past that? And if you did, what, what, was, what was that like, telling somebody? Uh, no, I told, I told him, and I really don't know how like how i think there have just been so many other like losing parents and stuff that this just seemed like this is bad but it's not as bad as that so um no i i i did okay i was pretty much at my wits end by the time you know this this all happened but um i i moved I moved a month later. I moved in with him, and nothing has happened since. Nothing. Absolutely. Oh, and the mirror is gone. <laughs> wow. That's terrifying. So, so it's, been, it's been pointed out to me that, that the mirror could have possibly been my anchor object, and then it just, you know, it acted up in times of stress and turmoil and, um, Yeah. Wow. But never any, uh, like with the other shadow people and stuff. And, and this entity, you just simply could not see, correct? I couldn't see it. I never saw it. I felt it. It was really, really heavy, and I could feel it breathing on the back of my neck. Would you, would you say that the weight of it was similar to like an adult person laying on you or yes. more than that? Yes. Um, no, probably just like, yeah, like an adult, like it wasn't, it wasn't where I couldn't breathe, but you know, like when it would try to manipulate my body, I could feel where it was putting pressure yeah. and all. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's terrifying. Sorry. You went through that. And thank you. Where do we go from here? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, but hey, the good news is that it stopped. And so, you know, that's been over eight months ago. So, oh, so that's, oh, this is all fairly recent. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, this Lord. was, yeah, the summer solstice of last year. And then I moved literally a month later and I sleep now. Like I sleep so well. Um, I don't have to have the TV on or lights on. I sleep like a baby. So I don't know. 
Did you did you notice something like the moment you you knew you never had to walk back in that place again? Was it was it something that was like profoundly apparent to you or was it just like, oh my God, it's it's not here. It's not following me. It's not I would say so the first night that I was able to sleep because we work like I almost I don't work second shift, but I go into work late in the day. He gets up very early, and there was some concern about, well, how am I going to stay up all night watching TV, and he's going to have to get up at 6.30 in the morning. And the first night I was able to go to bed like a normal person and sleep all night, I was like, we're good. This is this is gone. This is I'm done. staying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going nowhere. You're stuck with me. I'm staying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, wow. I can't even, I, I don't, you know, I had a gentleman on uh, a few episodes ago who uh, apparently took part in uh, seeking a an online uh, place that was uh, basically to uh, summon and secure a succubus uh, and and bind it to I think he said a couple of gemstones and then sent those to them in the mail, um, and it you know it. I mean, compared to your story, it's almost you know um, it's almost funny, because this guy is just like, yeah, you know, nothing happened, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't I don't know why anybody would wish that. Uh, I mean, you got Tinder, you got <laughs> Match Match dot com, you got all kinds of dating sites. Uh, it would it seems like it would be safer. But where do we go from here? BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Well, I know that was a lot. I, I just laid down a lot there. But, well, you but, know, I mean, the, the, the inquisitive nature of myself, I want to ask questions, but they're not appropriate. You know, they're, well, they're, not, they're not things that, since you and I don't know each other, it, it's not <laughs> something I'd be comfortable with asking you. Um, it just, it blows me away that, you know, there are people and you're not the only one, you know, there's, there's accounts of other people having this kind of stuff happen. And it just, honestly, you know, it, you know, I've, I've known uh, a couple of women in my life who had been, uh, abused, um, 
and you know they had then that was with a living person that was with somebody that you know they they saw um and it it's I, they can't get past it mm-hmm. you know and you know maybe maybe on maybe on your end never having seen the 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 perpetrator maybe it was oddly enough better that you don't have something that you would have popping up in your brain as a, a reminder of what it looked like or who it looked like well you're not the first person who's wanted to ask questions just to be honest because i i feel like people want to know because i don't want to compare my situation to an actual human doing it because i knew it wasn't i knew it was not human i knew it was um from somewhere else i i knew that and my bargaining was never about i'll just say it my bargaining was never about sex my bargaining was about fear quit scaring me just quit scaring me because i can chalk this up to a dream if you'll quit doing that you know this could be masked as just a dream if you'll quit scaring me so i don't know if that helps at all well i I guess i I, I, what i want to ask is you know was it threatening you with was it threatening you with additional things no no No, it was there if you do what it was going to do and then it would leave it didn't no yeah it was no (laughs) no it almost seems just from the accounts that you've told me that like you had basically no autonomy, no control over the situation one way or the other. It just kind of, like you said, was there to do its purpose and then leave. And it's almost like you, the, the vessel wasn't as important as the thing itself. Yeah. It's kind of the impression I got. Yeah. So it never just, like collapsed into a heap beside you and wanted a spoon. <laughs> no, no, no. It was gone as it was gone after it was gone until it came back. So yeah. was was there ever a, was there any kind of was there any kind of indication that it was there? I mean, as was there anything that indicated that it was that it was coming into your area? Did you did you no. know or was it just you felt I would be asleep and it would wake me up because it was just like pre- like pressing on me, laying on me and then I the breathing was always like cuz I could feel that so much and then um but no, no. I, and it wasn't sleep paralysis because I was awake. Now, when I was asleep, I was asleep. But when it woke me up, I was awake. So, but no, no indication. Um, I I can't even really say like the air got cold in the room or anything like that because yeah. I just I don't remember. So, well, I'm glad it's done for you. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. I am glad as well. We are good. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thanks for sharing that. That that can't be something that's easy to drum up and talk about. But you know what? This is the last thing I'll say. Like when I figured out what it was, I I I searched every podcast on Incubus that there were and listened to all of them because I think it's important to tell the story mm-hmm. because you're not alone. People right. this 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 whatever is going on is not I'm not isolated in this. So And it seems to me like the accounts are pretty consistent mm-hmm. across you know, several podcasts and stories and whatnot that we've read and listened to. Well, the part that you said that when it, when it was done and it had done its thing and it was gone, and I think even you said that, you know, it, it's like it was there to do its thing and, and that was it. Um, yes. I've, I've heard that multiple times. Yeah, that seems to be something that is very, it just comes to do its thing and then it's gone. And when its time is up, it's 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 gone as well. So, and you uh, you had indicated to me uh, before we started recording that uh, you were actually thinking about somebody to reach out to as far as uh, talking about this, and uh, not not surprisingly, you mentioned uh, you mentioned a name <laughs> that uh, <laughs> has has become pretty popular here lately. Yes, uh, JJ Rose seven seven seven. Did I get it right? Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you are if you are interested, I can I can definitely uh, set you up with the information to get a hold of her. Okay. Well, when she just I'm not using the right word, but blind red, telling you where uh, this place this portal was that that you were interacting with, I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. Uh, the, yeah, you're, you're talking about the uh, the trip down to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, that that solidified for me her legitimacy. Um, I had already um, I had already trusted her and and was um, I was in her camp. I was, I was, mm-hmm. you know, she, there, she's got something, but the events that, uh, that took place on that trip down to Tennessee and the text messages that I received from her during specific things that were going on that only myself, Joel Thomas, Tony Merkel, uh, Justin, uh, England and Jay Froger from the, uh, the cryptids of the corn we were the only people there there were no other people there was none none of them knew her there was no information that was leaving that room getting to her and uh there were a number of text messages that i got from her during that that just floored me um so yeah i'm 100 percent you want you want a legitimate person that that can can see that way and uh yeah that's her so awesome i will uh i will get you her contact information here when we're done okay thank you 
So is that pretty much it for you as far as what we're going to get into tonight? For me, we can we can take a pivot and talk about something something a little less uh, <laughs> traumatic. <laughs> traumatic, <and> scary. <laughs> There's lots more to talk about. But but we're gonna we're gonna stay in uh, we're gonna stay in the in the genre of of the dark and the black. And uh, you have uh, you have a pretty interesting experience with uh, the Men in Black. That's right. Uh, so, like I said at the top of the show, um, kind of what sparked my, you know, real seriousness in researching and reading and uh, looking into the paranormal as more than just something I was interested in uh, was what I would call a recovered memory I had. And, you know, oddly enough, I was watching, you know, just an Ancient Aliens episode and they were talking about the men in black. And some story that they were telling on this episode, I was just sitting there like, oh my God, that happened to me when I was a kid. And so a little bit of background, um, I grew up in eastern North Carolina across the river from a very large military base. It's called Camp Lejeune. Um, It was built in the 40s, and we all know about all the strangeness going on in the 40s. Uh, The land for this base was seized by eminent domain, Um, and then, you know, today there's some like toxic water class action lawsuit going on around this day. It's on the TV three or four times a day. I see it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's a lot of kind of just run of the mill strangeness going on around this base without getting into anything paranormal. Um, but anyway, so where I grew up was, you know, literally across the river from this base. I mean, 200 yards probably you could see the base there was constantly uh helicopter activity um at night there would be helicopters you know doing maneuvers and i assume you know training exercises and whatnot they would constantly shoot off flares at night uh this was just something that was normal for us Uh, we'd have people come over and visit and you know they'd be terrified of these helicopters coming right over the house and you know we didn't even notice it at that point Uh, But anyway, so I was homeschooled when I was a child, and it was one day probably late spring, early summer. It was the middle of the day, and it was uh, just me and my mom and my sister were at home uh, doing schoolwork. My dad was at work. And um, my recollection is just this standard white Chevrolet Astro van pulls up in our front yard. And, you know, I was probably 9 or 10 at the time, so... I was old enough that I could have, you know, solid memories of this. It wasn't like I was two years old when this happened. Sure. And so my recollection is uh, two men got out of this van. Uh, They had the typical, you know, black pants, black tie. I remember them having black short sleeve or, excuse me, white short sleeve dress shirts on. Uh, No jackets, but they did have sunglasses on. Um, But, you know, this is summer in eastern North Carolina. It's hot and humid. That could explain why they didn't have long sleeves and jackets on but anyway these two gentlemen get out of the car or the van and they just start walking around the perimeter of our yard uh they go down to the water they look over you know across the river toward the base um they don't approach the house they're just kind of walking around the yard it's almost like they're looking for something and at this point my mom tells me, you know, take your sister, go into the bedroom closet, hide. If I don't come and get you guys, 
in a while, you know, run down the road to your aunt's house and call somebody. So, you know, I do that, uh, take my sister into the closet. At some point, I don't remember how long it was. It doesn't seem like it was a very long time. My mom comes and gets us out of the closet, and nothing is ever said about this ever again. Like, my mom didn't go into any detail about what happened. Um, I don't remember asking any questions. You know, when Dad gets home from work that night, we don't, hey, Dad, this weird thing happened today. It was an odd response to me looking back to what, at the very least, was just a strange thing that happened to us that day. Um, So, toward the end of my mom's life, she she was battling cancer, and she kind of got more into esoteric woo-woo type stuff. And um, so I told her, you know, a lot of things about, like, men in black encounters and things like that. And... um, Actually, my father suddenly died uh, very early on in my paranormal journey, I'd say. And so me and my mom are on a road trip to um, to pick up my sister. And on the way back, you know, we were just talking about things. And I said, hey, guys, I've got this thing I think I remember. I need to know if this really happened. And my mom was like, yeah, that absolutely did happen. And my sister, who would have been pretty young at the time, like three or four, she even says she remembered this happening. So I don't know how much stock to put in that because she was so young. But my mom said, you know, this absolutely did happen. How I laid it out, she said, yeah, that's how I remember it happening. And I asked her, why did we never talk about this? Why wasn't this a bigger deal? You know, like I said, she had started getting more into esoteric and paranormal type things at that point and you know she kind of jokingly not joked well i wonder if i got you know quote unquote zapped by the men in black because it does seem like everyone's response was not what would be expected for something that strange and you know there's kind of two schools of thought as far as the men in black these kind of john keel otherworldly type entities and this was not that my even as a child i never had any inkling that these two individuals were anything other than flesh and blood human beings mm-hmm. so i think they were some kind of government agents um and after you know talking to a lot of people and telling the story on uh different podcasts i've kind of come to the i won't say realization but my theory at this point is I think that these agents were there to see what we could see that was going on on the base from our property. Uh, Because there's a lot of weird things um, in my research and just also living in this area on this property. I never encountered anything paranormal there, never saw any, you know, ghosts, uh, cryptids, anything like that. But there was always just this overwhelming heaviness and fear and, you know, I just always chalked it up to being just a, a dumb, scared kid. And I didn't realize till I moved away, everywhere else doesn't feel like that. There, there's a heaviness there. And, you know, even something as simple as, as an adult, I would come home and visit. And if I had to go get something out of the car at night, you know, you run just as quick as you can to the car. You take a flashlight, you run back. Um, so just very oppressive heaviness in that area. Um, Ever go back to talk to anybody else who lived uh, 
adjacent to you or neighbors and see if they ever had uh, the same type of feelings that you did? So this was actually a pretty rural, isolated area. Um, my grandfather owned a lot of farmland in this area. And so the property that we lived on was like at the back of farmland. We didn't live in a neighborhood. I mean, we probably lived a quarter, third mile off of the road. So we were back secluded. I mean, there was, you know, fields and then a stretch of woods and then our house. So, I mean, we had no neighbors to speak of. Um, And, you know, like I said, there was always the constant um, helicopter maneuvers and the flares and whatnot. And looking back, you know, when I was a kid, my parents would always joke, oh, the Marines are out there tonight shooting off flares. They must be looking for something. And now looking back, I'm like, well, what the hell are they looking for? You know, like things that I didn't even give a second thought to. Now looking back and, you know, not being in that area and with all my research and things I found out about, you know, kind of this general area and things going on there and talking to people, I think there's something strange going on there. Uh, so, Can you, would you mind getting into some uh, a list of some of the things that you? Uh... Absolutely, I've got my bullet points here, so I can go as long as you want me to. Uh, so, kind of piggybacking off of everything I just said, um, this area also backs up to a national forest. It's called the Croatan National Forest. And when I was a kid, my dad would always take me mountain biking in this national forest. And prior to seeing jenny shadow person that's the scaredest i was in my entire life and like like i said nothing ever happened i never saw anything but whenever we would go mountain biking in this national forest i was just terrified um and so actually this national forest is one of four in north carolina uh the other three one of them is the pisgah national forest um and i don't know if you know anything about the brown mountain lights oh yeah uh, that Brown Mountain is in this national forest, Pisgah. Oh. Uh, one of the other national forests is the Uari, and there's you know all sorts of Bigfoot, cryptid, high strangeness report. I mean, there's you know a dozen podcasts I've listened to about strangeness in the Uari. And uh, then the fourth national forest in North Carolina is, I believe it's pronounced the uh, Nantahala. And that's in the Smoky Mountains, which, again, you know, a lot of high strangeness, lots of Bigfoot-type activity. Also, a hotbed for missing persons, missing 411-type stuff. Um, So, you know, kind of this idea I'm workshopping is, you know, piggybacking off of the missing persons-type stuff. I wonder if these national and state parks and also military bases aren't chosen for their natural beauty or strictly their, you know, defense applications. I wonder if these installations and these parks are chosen because there's something there. There's some kind of energy. There's some kind of, I I don't know, portals, ley lines, whatever you want to call it. I don't have the right word for it. If there's something there. Um, And on top of all this strangeness, um, You know, since my parents died, uh, my sister has spent a lot of time back at that property, and she's been experiencing a lot of strange 
poltergeist-type activities as well. And, you know, I almost wonder if, you know, there's this area, this place where the energies are right, the veil is thinner, it's a window area perhaps anyway, and then, you know, with the sudden death of both my parents, uh, we've had a lot of kind of family drama in the wake of all that. There's been a lot of negative energy poured into this place where there's kind of a lot of inherent strangeness going on anyway. Uh, and then, you know, just kind of talking to people in the area um, while all this has been going on and I've kind of been digging into stuff. Um, on the other side of this property, my grandfather also owned a trailer park and um, there's a elderly woman that lives in this trailer park and she would have her grandchildren come and visit periodically and my mom told me this story one time and she just kind of told it in passing that uh in the woods in between this trailer park and where our property was uh this woman's grandson said that she saw a big man running through the woods carrying something on his shoulder and my mom just you know kind of said it in passing but now looking back at all this i wonder what this kid saw yeah, i mean he true. seemed like it wasn't just strictly a man how he described it um and you know like i said since my sister's been living there it seems like the uh, activity has amped up and you know she's also kind of like jenny was talking about in her story a lonely young woman in an isolated situation. Uh, she called us, it's probably been a couple months ago now, late at night. She was kind of freaking out. She said she was laying in bed, was there by herself, it was just her and the dog. And she said it was like something just told her. It wasn't like a, a cognizant thought she had it. She said it was almost like the thought was beamed into her head, go look on top of the refrigerator. So she gets out of bed and goes and looks on top of the refrigerator. And she had these, uh, you know, like decorative kitchen chickens, you know, like people have in their, their kitchens. Yeah. Uh, and she said there were three of these chickens and the bodies had been ripped off of these decorative chickens. And it was just the three sets of legs on top of the refrigerator. And, you know, she sent us a picture of where these things were like glued on. It would it would have taken some work to just rip these things apart. And so, you know, we were kind of joking with her about, you know, that's some trickster activity. You're going to find the bodies of the chickens in the mailbox in a couple weeks or something like that. Uh, but, you know, she's just had a lot of strange things like that. Um, she's got a relatively new car, uh, but like several mornings in a row, she went out and the battery was dead. And this wasn't during times of extreme weather or anything. So she'd have to get her boyfriend to come and jump her car, and then it was fine. Uh, the last time this happened, when they went to jump the car, um, the like bracket that holds the battery in place was disconnected, and the wires were disconnected from the battery. And so obviously, you know, you'd have to get in the car to sure. pop the hood to make this happen. And, you know, that kind of, to me sent off red flags of, you know, uh, high strangeness activity surrounding cars and car batteries dying and things like that. And around this same time, um, she came home one day and on the front porch, she had just like a potted plant. And she said that 
the plant had been removed from the pot. All the vines and uh, roots and whatnot were still intact. It had been set to the side, and the pot was just shattered. So it wasn't like a dog came and, you know, knocked over the pot. The, the plant was still sitting upright, and then it was just like the, 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 the pot had exploded almost. And, uh, you know, then just typical stuff like missing items uh, around the house, um, things moved around. Uh, one morning she was leaving early for a flight and was packing up the car, and she said in the woods that backs up to the property, she heard this just huge thing running through the woods. She said, you know, it wasn't a dog. It was bigger than that. You know, we've had deer around this property. We know what that sounds like. And she said it was just huge. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. So um, I don't know what exactly is going on there. I, I think there's something. I think it's quite possible this whole area is a window area, a place where the veil is thinner. Um, but I'm at this point pretty curious to go back and uh, do some more investigation and kind of see what we can turn up because basically everything I found out at this point is just researching and talking to people. So we kind of want to get our hands dirty at this point. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I listened to a gentleman on YouTube, uh, his name's Steve Isdall, and uh, he had a, a YouTube channel. It's called howtohunt.com. And, uh, <clears throat> At some point, probably close to two years ago, maybe a little over that, uh, he started reading uh, people's uh, sending in. It started off by people asking him if he'd ever had any kind of a Bigfoot experience uh, because he's out hunting and guiding all the time. And uh, he just finally got to the point where he started um, reading these emails from people who have had Bigfoot experiences. And... Mm -hmm. I think he probably puts out a new uh, a new episode twice, maybe three times a week. They're each around, you know, close to an hour. And all he does is basically read emails that people have sent in about their experience with uh, Bigfoot and Sasquatch. And uh, it gets a little old after a couple of years, but, you know, <laughs> I still go back to it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And the number of people that have had experiences or witnessed or uh, actually were stationed at military bases who are experiencing these things, um, like even penetrating their, uh, their borders, um, mm-hmm. you know, and especially uh, military bases that have uh, nuclear capabilities. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange thing. And, you know, I think, kind of what's interesting about all this i think it's kind of a chicken and the egg type situation are these things happening in these areas because the base is there or is the base there because right these areas were more susceptible for things to happen or is the base there so the government can keep an eye on and try to control whatever is there so people don't fall into it you know and uh like you're saying about the nuclear Uh, installations and whatnot that's kind of a thought i had in all this too you know all the reports of ufos and whatnot around Mm -hmm. military and uh like you said specifically nuclear installations it seems like there's enough smoke that there's some sort of fire at this point to me yeah well i'm i don't know if you've gotten to the point of listening to the episode i did with uh scott tompkins uh he he put together the uh 
Bigfoot mapping project. And, I don't think uh, I've listened to that one yet. <clears throat> he's uh, he's he's got a Instagram channel uh, or a, an Instagram page, and then uh, he's also got a website that you can go to. And it sounds like he's doing some more stuff with the the web page to to make it a little more interactive. But basically, it's a uh, um, it's mapping of Bigfoot sightings uh, fairly close to the time that they're being reported. So uh, it's an interactive map. And he's done a number of different things where he'll overlay, um, you know, uh, the the hot spots. He'll overlay Mm -hmm. them. Uh, In in the state of Michigan, he did one where he overlaid it with uh, heavily traveled uh, hiking trails. And, and the correspondence between the two was pretty staggering. Um, but I talked to him and I said, you know, I'd, I'd love to do another episode with you. And I'd, I threw a couple ideas out at him. One was to try to overlay uh, his maps with, like what you mentioned earlier, the ley, line, ley lines that run through the U.S. Um, I'd be interested to see, because they match up perfectly with cave systems, known cave exactly. systems throughout the U.S., um, and, uh, you know, this is where I grew up is in, you know, a very rural on the water. So there's not caves, but, you know, just in some Internet research, I found um, I think it was just like through the U.S. Uh, geological survey or something like that. This was a government website. Uh, I found a map of, uh, you know, magnetic fields, anomalies, what have yeah. you. And there was a huge hot spot in this general area this croatan national forest area um and then some of the other hot spots were you know like i said the, the uari and these other strange places but uh yeah piggybacking off of that i think it would probably fall in line with all that kind of stuff i'd also be very interested to note uh and i i gave him a resource as far as uh being able to pull a map from it was uh, uh hotspots as far as ufo sightings are concerned mm-hmm. and uh just from taking his map of the bigfoot hotspots and overlaying it with the map that i found without him doing any of the work um it's ridiculously accurate um so i'd, I'd like to see i'd like to see him do a map of military installations and specifically uh, specifically isolate those that are, have known nuclear capabilities mm-hmm. and see if those uh, those correspond as well. And, you know, I don't know if there's ever really been a whole lot of reported UFO activity in this area. I've done some digging to try to find that. You know, there's a couple reports I found. Um, but something that kind of just hit me while you were talking like I said, kind of in my story, people from this area are so used to seeing planes and lights and helicopters. I wonder how much of this stuff is just going unreported because people just chalk it up to, oh, the base is at it again. Right. And that's something I'd never really put two and two together with till we were just talking. So another interesting point, I think. You know, jumping back real quick to... Um you know, the time when you guys were at that house and, and the, uh, the men in black showed up. Um, I mean, was there ever any, did you guys ever come up with any feasible reason why they would have been where they were at? 
I mean, other than just trying to get a perspective of what you guys were able to see? I mean, did, um, any, did anything weird ever eventually pop up and go like, oh, man, that could have been... So the only thing I can think of that we actually saw, you know, I mentioned um, about the helicopters would do all these nighttime maneuvers and they would shoot off flares. And I never really knew what a flare, the whole apparatus was. It's kind of like just this box that has like a parachute off of it. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was a kid, one of these things landed in our yard. There's pictures of me like playing in the parachute of this flare (laughs) when I was a kid. Um, So I never personally saw anything or heard about anything that they would have been looking for um i am of the persuasion at this point i think they were trying to see kind of what our vantage point was and what we could see uh because you know like i said it was directly across the water where all this activity was going on um and looking back and you know trying to recover more of these memories it seems to me like they weren't actively looking for something as much as just kind of scoping things out. Did they ever, do you remember, or, or did your mom ever tell you, did they ever in any way announce themselves, you know, produce any kind of uh, um, paperwork or badges or anything to indicate who they were, why they were there? Did, I so, mean, did they have a cover story or anything that... This is kind of another interesting thing I forgot to mention when I was telling the story. Um, I asked my mom, I was like, so what happened after you sent us in the closet? Because my mom said she's going to go outside and, you know, see what's going on. She says she has no recollection of what happened at that time. She says she remembers, you know, the same thing I said, them pulling up in the driveway, her sending us into the closet, and she remembers coming and getting us. But she said she has zero recollection of what transpired between those two events. She said she doesn't remember. Hence her saying, getting the flash from uh, Exactly. She said she (laughs) she doesn't remember talking to them. She doesn't remember them engaging with her. She had zero recollection of any encounter. But, I, I mean, it was my understanding at the time she was, like, going out side to you know, confront these guys based yeah. on you know what are you doing in our yard and nothing <laughs> there, there's it's just like missing time at that point that's weird mm-hmm. very strange and uh on one podcast i was telling the story uh you know somebody was just kind of joking and they're oh was it just mormons pulling up in your yard it's like no you know we had the mormons for the jehovah's Church witnesses of the Latter, or Latter day saints yeah like this was definitely <laughs> not Don't run that. from your lord <laughs> yeah <laughs> this was not that so. go get in your closet they're here to convert us <laughs> yeah but uh so, you know, I don't claim to have any kind of answers about any of this. You know, this is just kind of some strange stuff I've come across, and this has led me down all kinds of bigger rabbit holes with, you know, the extraterrestrial phenomenon and cryptids and yeah. high strangeness and government conspiracies and how all this stuff might be intertwined. You know, I love I love conspiracies. I do. Um, but... I, I rarely will talk about them on the show because um, so many people talk about conspiracies 
and you don't know the answer. You hear things that seem like they make sense, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, but we don't know. Um, and it's, a lot of that's a slippery slope, it seems like, too. I mean, uh, you know, cryptids and aliens, that, that's fun stuff to talk about. But yeah. once you get down the rabbit hole with conspiracies and government stuff, that can get real dark real quick. It can. And basically what you end up doing is, uh, and, and that's something that I, I do not want to do with my show, is um, fear-mongering. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it can honestly lead people to being scared of things that you don't need to be scared about, or, or maybe exactly. we do because we don't know, but, uh, but it's not going to do us any good one way or the other. Whatever's going to happen is probably going to happen in my right. opinion. Yeah. Well, Oren, Jenny, this has been a, this has been a pleasure. I've, I've enjoyed having you guys on and, uh, it was a lot well, of fun. Thank you for having us. We've had a blast. Uh, we're thankful for the opportunity to come on. Um, you've been awesome to talk to. Uh, we hope to talk to you again and work with you in the future if you'd be interested. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love uh, surrounding myself with good people and, uh, and people who want to do good for other people. So um, that's, that's another part of this show is... I am, I think I said this before we started recording. I am struck uh, almost daily by how nice and how kind uh, the mm-hmm. listeners of this show are, and uh, it's humbling. Absolutely. And it's just uh, it's led me to a lot of great light relationships, and uh, you know my days are filled with hearing from people, uh, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook Messenger or some people that have my phone number and, you know, just shoot me a text, say, Hey, how you doing? You know? And it's like, man, you don't have to do that, you know? And it's, uh, it just shows there's still a lot of good people in this world, even though we're dealing with a lot of, uh, not so good stuff. And there's a lot of good people in this community. I mean, we haven't been doing this, uh, seriously for very long, but I mean, the amount of support and friends we've made has been really awesome. So we're, we're thankful for, everybody we've met and everything we've been able to do. And we're looking forward to meeting more awesome people like yourself and uh, just doing as much work as we can and uh, encouraging people to keep asking questions. That's the big thing. Everybody just use your critical mind. Think about things. If it doesn't make sense, it probably doesn't make sense. You yeah. know? And uh, yep. if you don't have enough information on it, it's pretty easy to get information nowadays. You know? Yeah, so and start you don't digging. have to do a whole lot of digging before things start clicking into place, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny, you know, the whole thing, you know, we kind of laughed about it earlier in the episode, uh, the, the commercials about the Camp Lejeune uh, uh, <laughs> class lawsuits and stuff, you know. Uh, maybe there's maybe there's a little bit more behind that than uh, what anybody realizes. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, maybe that's, yeah, it's at uh, least something interesting to think about. Uh, maybe that's uh, some shut-up money. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Never know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excuse me. Oren, Jenny, thanks so much. Once again, the Framework UFO Research Center. Let everybody know one more time where they can find you. Okay, we are on uh, Instagram, and it's at the Framework UFO. We're at Gmail, um, at the Framework UFO at gmail.com. And Eric, thank you so much for having us. Anybody out there listening, I'd encourage you 
ask questions, look at things in a different light, and build your own framework. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from Jenny and Oren. If you did, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating or review wherever you can and help share the show. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, and share it with coworkers. Put it on social media however you can. Let's get this show out in front of more listeners. More listeners makes for more experiencers coming forward with their stories for you. And if you've had an experience or have a story that you'd like to have shared on Uncomfortable, please reach out to me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com or message me on Instagram or Facebook. And until next time, my friends, stay uncomfortable. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.